Hello there, welcome to episode 185 of Riot Act, the busiest music podcast. Or well, well, I am the busiest man in, I think, in the world at the moment, Renfrey. My name's Stephen Hill, by the way. I'm busy. <laughs> Fuck me, I'm busy, Renfrey. I'm a busy man, Renfrey. A busy man. That feels. You're right. I mean, I mean, look. Yeah, sorry. You are. That I feels. Am. That feels like a, a particular uh, knife in my back this week uh, with all the things that have been going on in my life. But yeah, I think we're both very, very busy. It's not a competition. The busyness. No, no, it's not a competition. Yeah, but I, was, yeah. I mean, I literally just one of the things we're going to be talking about on the show today. I just wrote bloody seven hundred words on the thing mm. that we're going to be talking about, and then I realised I've written too much. Did too much, if anything. So I'm doing too much work, if anything. Okay. Stop working, Stephen Hill. That's what I suggest. Bonjour is looking out the window, sort of wistfully. She's been on the bed all day. And I do sometimes look at her and I think, fucking hell, you get f- all that fish you get fed, all the strokes and cuddles, the tummy tickles that you get, even you don't want them a lot of the time. Mm. And you just sort of sit on the bed all day. And then you get up, you sit on the windowsill, you look at what appears to be some sort of blackbird in my garden. That's in life, isn't it? Yeah. 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 That is life for cats. Cats have it pretty good. But you got it pretty good. But then cats don't have views on the new Ramstein video, so hey, what are you going to do? And if they do, they wouldn't be worth listening to in an audio medium format <laughs> like the Cracker Podcast. <laughs> Depends how much you like cats, I suppose, but yeah. Depends how much you like cats. There are a few podcasts I think probably would be their views I'm less interested in than in the views of cats and media outlets. I mean, I'm not going to go into any of them because that just feels like starting shit for no reason. But hey, I am wont to do that occasionally, but we won't do that. So on this week's show, we basically, normally we have a little thing that we sort of put as the main thing, but so much stuff has happened this week that we we don't really have anything. I mean, we do have stuff, but um, we're just going to sort of round up the week, really, because it's been, it's just a fucking busy ass week. Busy ass week, I should say. It's been a hell of a lot going on this week. It has to be most said, of yeah. it, yeah. And and I'm going to say about fifty percent of it is just responding to you lot, responding to Richard Blackwood, which we will talk about on Broken Records some more uh, next week. But um, mm. if you are someone who 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 dabbles in both Riot Act and our sister podcast Broken Records, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the Richard Blackwood episode. I think it might be the greatest thing that I've ever been involved in. Yeah. Wow. Really. Mm. <laughs> thank you that's fucking yeah amazing. cheers i've been really I'm glad you liked it and if you want to know what we're talking about go and listen to the richard blackwood episode on broken records there you go it is the citizen kane of podcasts <laughs> according to <laughs> one of its hosts <laughs> uh, it's yeah. a lot of fun certainly mm. yeah it certainly changed your game and I know at least a few people have messaged me and gone, I cannot stop going, one, two, three, four, get with the wicked. Can I get a whoop whoop? We get with it. Mm. Uh, anyway, listen, that's the, that's for the other podcast. I shouldn't get, I get too excited about it, to be honest. Well, here's what I should say is we will be putting out our classic album special on Muse and Origin of Symmetry. We're going to record that very, very soon. That should be going up soon. We've promised it for a little while. It is coming. Sorry for the delay. It is coming. It's due this week, so we didn't say what day. It's going to be coming out this week. So Muse's Origin Symmetry, if you go over to patreon.com forward slash right at podcast, you're going to get two classic albums a month. That will be the second of your two classic albums. Remfrey talking to me about Origin of Symmetry. We had a little kind of preamble, didn't we? A little kind of pre-aspiring uh, about Origin of Symmetry on the phone the other day, didn't we? Just a little quick kind of thing. in the... A mini one, yeah. I am 
very confident frankly in my arguments and and stuff and uh, you said something to me which uh, would be sort of my biggest hurdle and for that i have to kind of go yeah okay that's a taste thing but we'll get into that when we do it but mm. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then after that, I've picked my next. I'm going to tell you what my next album is. It's mm-hmm. a big one. I'm going to do Smash by the Offspring. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh no, that's fucking Nixnay, isn't it? Oh. That's Nixnay and the Hombre. Yeah, that's Crazy Taxi, the original soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> mm, don't think <laughs> that's to the what game it is, isn't it? to the game Crazy Taxi. Uh, yes, uh, I mean, yeah, I got the wrong album, but I got the right band. I mean, yeah, you did well done. Oh, well record. done you. <laughs> well done, well done me, you, Mister Music Journalist. Music journalist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I threw the dart and I didn't get the bullseye, but I got like a, a, a outer bull, an outer bull, yeah, an outer mm. bull. Jesus, um, yeah, yeah, smash! That is going to be a lot of fun. I um I actually saw the offspring quite recently. I didn't talk about it on the you show did. at Wembley Arena, but I suppose it'll be an opportunity to do that then. So I will. Um, well, yeah, if, if they played good. any of the songs from Smash, uh, they played three of them. So good. Well, no, I'm, 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 I'm glad. That's our £5 tier on our Patreon page. Any other amount you sign up, you can sign up and suggest an album for us to talk about on the Rioters review. We put one out last week on Flight of the Concourse, as mentioned. I think people seem to quite like that. Mm. General consensus is we are correct and that Flight of the Concords mm. are the exception to the rule that, you know, comedy bands aren't funny, but Flight of the Concords are funny. Yeah. And we're going to be putting a Rioters review up this weekend on Portishead 3rd. I love Port Z. You like Port Z. Yep, I think they're great. We both like Port Z. Bristol. Or near Bristol. I mean, they're from Port Z, aren't they? Well, yes, they are, <laughs> which is near Bristol. <laughs> but go <Yeah>. on. <laughs> well, I was going to say, um, the great thing about this is, as much as I like Port Z, I am one of those people who, you know, you get an album or a band that you listen to for a bit and then you sort of forget about them and you go, I won't listen to their new stuff. And it's not, it's not new, third. It's 2008. So it came out good while ago yeah 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 never listened to it until i, I listened to it the other day was actually quite surprised to hear that steve yeah. um we won't go into your thoughts on it but um uh it's about time that you heard it i don't know that's a weird way to put it but oh yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> silly silly what's that you turned into like a angry duck a really a tri- the trip hop duck is furious <laughs> Oh, they don't like the they don't like the terminology trip hop, do they? I knew we should have done a feature around the trip hop duck. Uh, yeah, where I just go. Wah, 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 I love the trip hop duck. Yeah. Oh, I love the trip. What do you duck. think about the new tricky album, Trip Hop Duck? Ah, you say that about everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um. So there you go. Go to patreon.com forward slash right at podcast and you can sign up and get all of our exclusive extra content, which we think is very good. Before we get into talking about the records that we're going to talk about this week, Steve, um, some of you may well have noticed that myself and a good mutual friend of ours, Mr. Matt Hughes, who is a PR and works within the music industry and so on and so forth, we started a new podcast called Three is the Magic Number. We've actually been working on this for a good 18 months or so, and um, I'm not going to talk about it loads on Riot because this is Riot stuff and not Three is the Magic Number podcast stuff, but if you are curious 
basically it is a podcast where we get a guest on every week and ask them for their top three favorite things in one subject we have had a bunch of guests who people in this uh who listen to this will be interested in our first episode is on with frank turner we've also had jamie lenman uh katie from pupil slicer uh just off the top of my head and even though we haven't recorded it yet uh towards the end of this first series might have a certain mr stephen hill on there as well oh hello uh so yes i won't go on about it loads because i don't want to cross the streams too much but if you're unaware uh and there's like an introductory episode up there now if you want to check it out so yes there you go there you go well done renfrey branching off doing your own thing aren't you I mean, do I mean, listen to it, definitely. Do do listen to it. If only to tell, you know, so you can see just how badly Renfrey needs me to... Uh... I, had a, I had a career before you were around. Oh, not not, not in an around. audio format, you didn't, you lying bastard? <laughs> yeah, I, su- I, suppo- I suppose I'm... Uh, this is my first time with hosting duties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly, there yeah. Will he sink or will he, will he fail miserably? Oh, goodness me. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I've, I've got enough fucking pressure on me as it is. Please don't. But yes. No, it'd be good. No, mate, it'd be good. I'm quite looking forward to going on. And also, I'm talking about something which has got nothing to do with music as yeah. well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're interested, I think I'm going to do FA Cup Giant Killings, my top three favourite FA Cup Giant Killings. Which, which actually... Like, despite me having absolutely no interest in football whatsoever, I think that's actually a brilliant pick. So there we go. Mm. But anyway, yes, we haven't even yeah. recorded that yet. And no, we haven't. It probably won't go out for like eight weeks or something like that. But there is podcasts there. There are episodes there. Please check mm-hmm. it out if you fancy. It's exciting. Good. Well, anyway, yes. Cool. All right. Well, on that note, we should move on to what we've been listening to this week. There are a couple of albums that I think are worth us chatting about. Uh, the first one actually came out last week. We did actually we did ask for this as an advance. We were going to try and do a kind of full review on it. Um, we didn't quite get it in time, so you know we just kind of whacked it in here. But I wanted to put it first above the two albums that actually do come out on the day you're listening to this podcast because, spoiler alert, I think it's fucking brilliant. And that is the debut album by Koji Radical reason to smile who is a artist who we have spoken about in passing a little bit i mean Mm. if you listen to our albums of the year podcast you'll know that he was on the sons of kemet album which was in my top 20 albums of the year he featured just very briefly as 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 a feature on that uh renfrey has mentioned him a couple of times before as somebody that you are interested in or were kind of interested in it's actually one of your your finds isn't it renfrey really? yeah well, uh, <laughs> well, well out of the two, two of us to yeah. bringing to this podcast i mean i think if i claimed uh certainly on record that i discovered koji radical i think there'd be an <laughs> awful lot of people who'd be like you fucking what because uh, he has been doing it for for a little while um yeah you you i mean yes you are technically correct this is his his, his debut full-length album but he's actually released four eps prior to this which are all pretty lengthy i've um i mean total confession i found out about koji radical through um james a caster's perfect sounds um and oh um he covered ah 23 winters thank you that was very mm-hmm. good uh this is why we're such a good team mate i mean me mm. and matt on three is a magic number we haven't got this rapport yet but we'll get there we'll get there uh mm. love you matt um so yeah um 23 Winters, I listened to the episode on James A. Caster's sound and I was like, this is cool. I really, really liked the sound of it and it reminded me of a few of the hip-hop things that we have done in the past. I think what I, think what I really liked about it was how 
vast the instrumentation with uh, uh, instrumentation was, how sumptuous it was, how much was going on. And on this album, you've got brass on nappy, you've got slap bass on reasons to smile the um the 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 title track you've got flute on payback and and i really Mm -hmm. am just skimming the surface at this point there's a lot of different things going on definitely a feeling that the songs evolve um i have complained in the past and i know i'm being very general when i say this but i have complained in the past that sometimes hip-hop is kind of like a beat with a nice hook which just loops and loops and loops and loops and loops and loops there is no sense of that at all with Koji Radical, it's very much the music feels organic and feels like it's um, going somewhere, basically. Um, and and I personally really respond to that, and I think you do too. Yeah, I, I fucking love this album. It's got a bit of the. Um, I imagine it, there's a good chance this could be this year's Genesis of Wusu for me. This record, because obviously I fucking loved that Genesis of Wusu album and that mixture of soul kind of classic soul but not soul from samples but soul made there are samples on this obviously there are soul made from organic original instrumentation as you've already mentioned Mm -hmm. plus some really really wicked features throughout the record i think Mm -hmm. when a feature's done well i mean music at the moment there are features all over the fucking place but like um nux on payback is brilliant like he comes in and absolutely hammers it and i tell you what i loved hearing calice on talking calice my milkshake brings other girls to, like there she is i've not boys. even thought about calice all the boys yeah sorry all the boys to the yard probably girls as well oh, yeah, they do. girls are allowed you know it's a different time now isn't it you're allowed uh, to have a milkshake if you're a girl um, these days not I like mean, in the naughty i don't think that song's actually about milkshakes steve i hate to break it to you what oh dear um I think it's time for the birds and the bees conversation. Uh, <laughs> yes, I know, I know, but I yeah, okay. Uh, Fubu what, I forgot is, what's it about. What is it about milkshake? I know this is a, a to- it's about um, is it about blowjobs? What's it about? Uh, well, it's un- sort of un- I think it's kind of unspecified, really. It's, it's milkshake's just meant to be, but it's creamy love spunk. Mm. Your bum, your fanny, <laughs> your mouth, just being sexy. Right. Okay. Good. I never thought it was that specific before. Okay. I'm happy. I'm happy for it to be about milk. I've seen the video. They're drinking milkshakes, mm, mm, mm. so I'm happy to think it's about milkshakes. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm happy with that. Anyway, um, yes, I think this is a fucking excellent record. It's got, like I say, bits of. I was describing it to Merlin of uh, of the Metal Hammers fame the other day, oh, and yeah. I was sort of saying, I thought, I think you really like this, mate, because he's got a. There's a, a sort of smooth soulfulness about it, which could be into kind of almost like Michael Kiwanuka style territory, where it's very sort of, you know, like new soul sort of thing. But his flow is great. And he's got a slight, he's got that edge on his vocals, which sometimes almost, especially with some of the, and well, it's more of the guests actually, but kind of almost nearly dips into kind of, ragger style flow which i really really like he kind of it's kind of a really cool balance that between something like michael kiwanuka and maybe like roots maneuver doing a full-blown sort of soul funk album which is great and you know again like there's some amazing there's who is it who comes in i think it is actually on um i think it is on payback where he says what is it 20 seconds or so solid crew what is it 20 seconds no it was 21 
and then he says something about i was too busy actually doing my own rhymes to bother thinking about what you were doing when you know i was only seven when that song came out Mm. i can't obviously that is not the rhyme otherwise that person's not a very good rapper because none of that rhymes but really the, selling the, it Steve. but the but the, yeah yeah but the gist of that line i thought was, it was one of many lines in it that i thought was really really funny and there's a tendency i think particularly in uk hip-hop at the moment to focus a lot on grime and kind of grime artists and grime being almost sort of shorthand for what uk hip-hop is and i think it's important um to acknowledge somebody like koji radical who really has nothing at all to do with grime whatsoever really lyrically vocally um maybe not lyrically but vocally and certainly in, musically has pretty much nothing to do with grime whatsoever but this is this is fucking great this record so great certainly the parameters of what grime are just seem to be shifting really wildly at the moment i don't know if this is a recent thing i don't know if it's been happening for a long time but you know i did see um that some people refer to koji radical as grime and i mean I guess. But certainly the, that soulful thing that you were talking about, I mean, it, it reminded me maybe because we covered it very recently, but there were bits of it that remind me of that Weekend album, um, which I, th- mm-hmm. I, you know, we both really, really enjoyed. Um, mm-hmm. I think for my money, I don't think I like this overall as much as the Weekend album, but certainly at its best, I think it, it matches that Weekend album. The highlight of the record for me is pusher man bwa it's the longest song on the record i suppose it's the epic it's only four minutes 51 seconds but it has so much awesome broad instrumentation you've got like piano on there and like you know flutes and things all sorts of things and so many awesome phrases you know there's too many elephants in this room uh once (laughs) i got some money my bitch was hip-hop and she's looking pretty now nothing more dangerous than a black man with intelligence even worse when they got some relevance you know like some really wicked stuff and and, and i think some yeah. of the ways that the rhymes are presented this is awesome bit in that song where he's like hate me out loud i can't hear you at that volume and just whispers that line you know it's 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 really cool obviously i'm completely fucking up and making it sound lame and rubbish um, but it is really really cool the way that he does it it's interesting we had a you have had more time with this album than i have due to things that have been going on in my life and you a couple of days ago said to me i really like that koji radical album i think it's a bit long and i'd probably take a few Mm. tracks off um but since then you've sort of gone back on that maybe i need longer with it but my feeling right now is when this is good it's really good there are some i i I mean it's 15 tracks and it's 52 minutes it's not like you know donda but for me it doesn't quite uh it, it it doesn't keep my attention the whole way through um personally and there are towards like i don't know the album's third quarter or something like that there are things that i would take back take off you obviously don't agree mm. with this i mean i mean payback was not one that i thought was particularly essential personally you probably oh, disagree with that. i fucking love that song i think it's brilliant there's a little run yeah you disagree with payback but but after that you got fubu and beautiful you know all three of those i thought were, were either repeated stuff that had more or less already happened on the record and better already or you know, or, or just were surplus to requirements, I thought. But, you know, 
you're also more into this thing sort of thing than I am. So yeah, uh, I uh, yeah, I mean, I did. You're right. I did think that when I first listen, mm. the f- I, th- I think the first half is so strong. Yeah, it's so so. It just and it, but it's so instantly strong. Do you know what I mean? There's no fucking around with. I guess I was about to say with like dips or you know kind of changes of pace or anything which makes it sound like it's not a particularly dynamic record and i don't think that is true but i think it's everything just dynamic. it's definitely dynamic but i just think everything at the first half of it is so just it just comes in and pummels you straight away no matter what it's trying to do everything about it it just sounds so massive and bold and bright and even the kind of quiet tracks on even the sort of more like laid back soulful tracks they sound so beautiful that you just go oh my god this sounds amazing and it's just really really hard and there is a point i think on the record where i became slightly numbed to how just how glorious it sounded like i listened to this on a Mm. pair of headphones yesterday and i was like oh it just sounds fucking gorgeous and when Mm. you get used to kind of how gorgeous it sounds about halfway through i did find myself going oh actually are these are these songs actually as good um as we get into this this point of the album mm. now i've listened to it a few times i think they are i think it just as soon as you press play it's very quiet to start with like the i'm not going to ruin it but the kind of the opening track does just go kind of is, is a bit of spoken word but as soon as it musically comes in i just think it is this unbelievably glorious non-stop technicolor like roller coaster of a record for a while and then it sort of stays at that one pace for a little bit towards the end. And I don't necessarily think the songs are worse. I just think maybe, yeah, like you say, stuff has happened. You, you kind of get used to how, you kind of get used to it. You kind of get used to being in that space. Me personally, I, I am happy to be here for a long time. I mean, like mm. I say, I think, I think Beautiful's great. I think, um, I love Payback. I think Payback's fucking wicked. It's only two and a half minutes long and mm. it's like kind of some kind of black exploitation um theme <laughs> you know like shaft or something it's wicked uh yeah I, I i really like this i'm actually think looking at the track listing now and i'm thinking what would i take out of this not a lot i mean there's anything. two tracks with auto-tune which can get to fuck as far as i can say obviously although actually yeah. i say that beautiful is one of them which i just think mm. you know i'm like you're better than this um solo actually i have to confess utilizes the auto-tune in a far smarter and more interesting way i've got to admit i don't want to give the impression that this record is full of auto-tune it 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 isn't i don't think i would have brought it to the podcast if it was (laughs) because fuck me i hate auto-tune but uh you know yeah i guess i'm picky with this kind of thing really when it comes to that sort of thing I, i feel like the two eps that i listened to which were cashmere tears and 23 winters kept my attention more or less throughout but then they they are both around the half an hour mark and this is you know not quite but almost double that length at 52 53 minutes when you were talking about the first half of the record you know doesn't really let up i mean i I would actually probably say that the first nine tracks for me are all pretty killer and i was just looking at it here and it looks like those first nine tracks as a whole are 31 and a half minutes so maybe maybe that's how much i can I, I want of this sort of thing you know like half an hour and then i'm kind of done that said i mean look this is really good like it's really really good i mean we, we, we probably should have said at the top of it that he's been nominated for mobo awards and so on and so forth and 
it's definitely a, a artist who people who know what they're talking about i'm not trying to suggest that we necessarily do definitely not me but people are, are like bigging up and saying this is something to look out for and i think he's done more than enough on this record to justify that hype but yeah yeah i i really like it i obviously don't like it as much as you do um but i do think it's really really strong really strong mm. i i think it's brilliant i really really like it a lot i am delighted to have heard it i think it's gonna be um a uh it's uh, yeah i think it's got an incredibly good chance of having me speak about it towards the end of the again at the end of the year crikey wow okay Mm. wow that's what i think uh so you go cozy radical reason to smile that's out as is hygiene by drug church is out today it's the fourth full-length album from the la-based alternative rock band who we have covered on this show before but they're a band who i think kind of i know the name and i'm aware of them and i know i've listened to them before but i'm not really i never really outwardly pay actually so much attention to them do you know what i mean they're one of those bands where you go oh yeah um yeah drug church yeah 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 but uh i i it's not like i go i'm a fan or i could tell you what their albums are called or know any of their songs particularly (laughs) i'm just aware of them broadly and know that i have heard them before but i was they were just one of the one of those many names where i was like oh yeah yeah, i sort of know that band yeah Mm -hmm. but i don't really know anything about them particularly um you like them though right i like them very much um uh, Mr. James Spence of the Rolo Tomassies. James Spence and the Rolo Tomassies. Uh, he, we, I don't know, we were just chatting shit. And uh, I was asking him for his like uh, albums of, I think, 2018, if I'm recalling correctly. And he and <laughs> basically had a very similar list. But the one that he mentioned that he was really enthusiastic about, which I hadn't heard, was Cheer by drug church which was their mm. last album their third album and as a result i ended up bringing it in um because we missed it when it came out i, I, I can't re- we might not have been a podcast when it came out i can't remember because we started in 2018 didn't we but yeah. um i brought it in on a trade-off on episode 29 which i see is called shagging a clanger you remember those days when we were uh, yeah 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 <laughs> we were so not like now no Poor. not like now Poor. um yeah uh and and but, I mean, basically, Cheer is just a great record. I feel like it. Um, uh, I don't know if it's accurate to call it their breakout record, but it definitely lifted their profile. I feel like it was a little bit, a little bit more melodic and shiny than the other ones. Um, and I personally would probably argue all the better for it. They they have gone ever so slightly back to the harder, harsher sound um, that they had before. We should probably say, I mean. I would say this is a band in the same kind of mould as your turnstiles, your can't swims, that sort of thing. Uh, Melodic hardcore. As a hardcore expert, are you happy to call this hardcore, Steve? I I guess I am, but I think I'm kind of... Yeah, I would actually say uh, that it borrows more from the kind of... Uh, Turnstile is an interesting one because I think okay. there's quite a lot of kind of poppy nous to this. I think Can't Swim is, is kind of an interesting one as well. But then oh. both of those bands have done a lot of stuff, haven't they? So you sort of think to yourself, well, what do we, what do you actually mean when you say Turnstile and Can't Swim? Because Fair in point. a lot of ways, they, they, they've done a lot of things, that all of the, which are very, very different. So it's hard to know what to sort of hanker down on. I mm. actually think there's a really good sense of, I guess, uh, pre- emo 
um it's like a mix of almost alt metal and like kind of quicksandy prongy alt metal and stuff like failure slow dive and particularly i think husker do as well i think the bob moldian oh, nice yeah the bob moldian um melodies that come from those scratchy more heavier guitars uh are, are really cool that's I think, a really nice shout good shout steve I think that's to me where this record sits more than any kind of contemporary stuff. I do hear, you know, the little bits of slow dive and the little bits of failure mm. and the little bits of those sort of more melodic, more kind of somber sounding bands. But at the same time, there's fucking riffs all over this record, like really scratchy, quite heavy, quite gruff sounding riffs, which yeah. I really, really like. But they never kind of dial back on the 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 melodism of it. So overall. Absolutely. And, you know, it's what, 10 tracks again? We're talking about 10 tracks. It's 26 We're talking minutes, about this record. 26 minutes long. Mm. Only bang, three, bang, of, bang. three of those tracks uh, tip over the three-minute mark. So one of them's three minutes and six. One's 3.59, that's the last song. And one minute's three, uh, one's uh, three minutes and 27. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a short, sharp, quick burst of energy and it leaves it you wanting like, more though doesn't it yeah it really yeah, does yeah, it's re- yeah. like i i listened to this and then i listened to because i was we're about to talk about biffy clyro I, I put it on just before i went out to go to biffy clyro yesterday and it mm. finished and i was like i've still got time to listen to at least half of it again yeah yeah, yeah. so i, I did that, I actually uh, did that it's, this morning <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's really good it's really really good i mean there's a few songs on it like um what's the one tiresome which is actually one of the longer ones on the record which i think is really fucking great and again like there's i've, I've written down that there's there's times where it almost goes it's got that kind of i guess industrialized punk rock clang that something like big big black might have when they're at their heaviest interesting yeah, uh, I think when when they're at when when drug church are at their heaviest not when mm. big black are at their heaviest mm. but um yeah you know i remember this coming in before and i obviously remember the name and i think they supported somebody who i didn't see who do they support <laughs> they supported someone and can't i was like it. oh they're playing i can't remember who it was but i remember thinking oh you know that would be i bet they're quite good live and i didn't go to the gig not because they were playing but just because i didn't go um I, off the top of my head i've only ever seen them at 2000 trees but they were great live they were awesome okay. yeah all right fine um so that's good uh, yeah I, this is this is really good yeah i really like that if you like any of those bands i just mentioned i think you'll really really dig this it's fucking well good yeah it's really really good for like like being you know super pernickety and stuff i ever 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 so slightly prefer cheer to this because i do like the slightly more melodic edge thing that they were going for and that but we are talking uh, a hair's breadth you know this is a brilliant brilliant follow-up hygiene and and uh, actually um i've heard all of their records bar the debut and they are all excellent like from what i've heard so um yeah really really great band really 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 good band and you know mm. i'd love to see for example a co-headliner mm. with drug church and can't swim for example mm. um yeah. i think they're around the same size i'm not 100 sure but i think they're similar ish size so that like, that could be really cool you know uh, but yeah, that Bob Mould stuff is a really good shout on Husker Do. I mean, it's more the Husker Do side than it is Bob Mould, isn't it? It's a bit heavier. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I like that this is, you know, a bit 
a bit heavier. It's good. It's great. Really, 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 really good. good. Uh, we should talk about horror as well. Um, <laughs> they've got an album out. Um, oh, well, hold on. I haven't said anything. That's fine. No, I know. It's we should, just we the should, tone of your voice. No, no. I'm not, it's, it's fine. Um, so horror skin is it a second album second sort of full length album it's their second full length album it's a little bit confusing with horror because they've got a whole bunch of eps and mixtapes i'm still not completely well versed in sort of the difference between a, a mixtape and a, an album probably should have uh looked it up shouldn't i mr professional here but yeah um it, it they are it's referred to as their second full length album yes yes it is so we have spoken about horror quite a bit over the years just spoken about them and i think you know we've seen them live a few times probably even going dating back to before this podcast i mean i think supported dillinger escape plan didn't they i think supporting dillinger may well have been the first time i saw them i can't remember oh i saw them before that i saw them at the after party of the metal hammer golden gods oh in, in... my head in my head that was after dillinger but i also saw that so um so that uh, was it I, pff, yeah it would i have mean been actually, this is it? it would have been yeah it's boring it's boring yeah. but sure yeah yeah, yeah. We, we've seen them yeah. live a couple of times and live they are a really fun impressive band Ding. the, the mm. energy is you know fucking awesome there's the whole sort of wedding dress shtick one of them dresses up in a wedding dress and then all fucking uh you know crowd surf and all that shit um you know the energy is mad 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 um i think the issue i have had and i believe you share this uh view as well with horror in the past is when it came to the band in the studio they just didn't really have all that many good songs. Their first album, yeah. United States of Horror, it was 17 tracks and 46 minutes long. And I recall, I mean, I've not listened to it for a while, but I recall it hugely outstaying its welcome, in my opinion. And of those 17 tracks, I thought there were like four that were actually <laughs> good. <laughs> like, like, like four that actually kind of lived up to what they are like as a live band like something something along those lines three four five maybe but i felt personally that it was an awful lot of style i mean shit loads of style to give them credit but not an awful lot of substance yeah that's sort of what i thought uh brilliant live band absolutely mm. a brilliant live band no doubt about it the album kind of a mess kind of a mess sort of formless in a lot of ways and i think people mm formless is a good word for it yeah because they were like are they a punk band is this hip-hop is it supposed to be some sort of crossover thing like i don't really know what it what it i know what it sounds like on and i and that's fine if you think if you go in this is really forward thinking and really pushing the boundaries of what you can do but i don't think that that was i think it was just kind of a mm. big blobby sort of blotchy mess of of, of ideas mr blobby i agree yeah, it's better than that <laughs> there's nothing wrong with you know being as influenced by death grips as as you are bad brains at all but with um, which you know i would argue horror probably are but united states of horror just, just didn't really get across what they were trying to do i i didn't think i yeah i agree i thought it was a fucking mess to be totally honest with you yeah i mean death grips is actually a, a really good shout because yeah. like when we did that we did that last year on um the writers of you and was it the money store yeah. and that you know um some of the some of the some of the chorus like that's a really harsh sounding record but um but some of the choruses still sort of remain in my head just 
as I'm sort of walking down the street, you know, like absolutely. Uh, has uh, its cake uh, I've seen it. footage. Uh, like, uh, I've seen footage. I've seen footage. I see like that's fucking that's massive. Um, so I kind of hoped that horror would do something like that. I hope they would kind of go. Let's get because you don't, you don't, you know, you don't want. I don't want them to be rubbish. I, I don't think, and I don't think they're rubbish. I think they obviously they're good live, but I don't want them to be. It's not like I'm glad that I'm sort of like ho hum about their material. I just think like the standards pretty high when you think about. You know, you mentioned Death Grips. Obviously, Backwash is one Backwash. that we've spoken about a hell of a lot. They were on the last clipping album. Mm. You know, they actually were on the last clipping mm. album, mm. and that bar is. It's fucking high, man. It's fucking high. That is the thing, isn't it? I was sort of thinking this, and like. I feel like sometimes the hype that horror get if they came out 15 years ago they probably would have deserved it but the game has changed having said all that now look I already know that we have slightly differing views on this record here's the positives right it's 36 minutes 12 songs so already it's it's 33 minutes and 4 seconds oh okay sorry I thought it was 36 32 minutes yeah it's like 30-something minutes. There you go. Um, and it's 12 tracks. So already, yes. I'm like, good. Good. Good yes. for you. Absolutely. You have, you know, you have, you have trimmed something of the fat. Yes. I think there are bits on here that I think are cool. Like, when I listen to an album like this, I want to think, these people, this band, they're dangerous, they're cool. That's kind of what I, I think. And like, you know, like again, I don't want to keep bringing them up all the times I know I do, but D- David Diggs from Clipping, you listen to that and you go, that guy just feels like the sort of guy who could like light a match on his stubble and then smoke a cigar and throw the match behind him and the whole building blow up behind him and he wouldn't even flinch. He just seems like a cool person. Do you know what I mean? Like a fucking cool person. David Diggs regularly makes my jaw drop to the floor. Um, yeah. And the members of horror just don't ever really make my jaw drop to the floor. To be totally honest, yeah, sometimes I'm impressed, but I'm not like, whoa, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if I mean I think horror kind of they're lucky in one sense because I don't really think clipping are. Although we're bringing them up here, I think I'm bringing it up because it's kind of a very very aggressive experimental style of a Quite. type of hip hop if you like yeah. right yeah. but at the same time i do think horror are probably more grounded in guitars and punk rock and i don't think they necessarily need to be the best mcs to com- like competing with someone like Absolute, Dicks, right? yeah. i don't think that's yeah i mean clipping don't yeah. but barely have any guitars at all really do they you know where, whereas no. the guitars are a very much an intrinsic part of the horror sound undoubtedly. Yeah. and i would imagine i would imagine the members of horror see themselves as a punk band right so i think you kind of have to like consider them in that realm a little bit at the very least punk as much as they are hip-hop i would say yeah 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 yeah. but still there are moments on this skinhead featuring saul williams Mm. which i think is really good really good Mm -hmm. but it's saul williams who's really good yeah (laughs) i mean you know (laughs) saul williams like like he makes a song i think he turns a song into that he's the person who makes that the best song on the album i would say personally okay i don't even think it's the best song on the album but i i think it's excellent yeah yeah okay um i think there is a few bits and bobs i thought were quite cool like you know the second song battery not included i actually thought was so aggressive it was kind of funny um (laughs) 
because it's very very aggressive and a lot of this is very very aggressive but when you have an album as aggressive as this you your mind shouldn't wander away from it and towards the end i did find myself not thinking it was rubbish or not being not interested in it but i just sort of it was just sort of on hmm. do you know what i mean i sort of thought to myself i don't i like again it doesn't make it a bad album hmm. i mean this is definitely better than anything they've done before uh, unquestionably unquestionably this is the best thing they've done up to this point yeah but still in 32 33 minutes i don't really want my mind to wander from an album like this i don't really want it to suddenly to, to for it to become kind of just background noise a bit hmm. which, and it kind of did a bit towards the end for me okay um i can't it didn't for me um i was engaged throughout there are tracks which are less to my taste where uh my interest begins to wane ever so slightly um i mean slow bread is the longest song on the record and i guess is one of the more hip-hoppy ones i suppose uh, well it is um and it, it could have had a minute shaved off of it you know but for the most like i don't think this album outstayed its welcome personally i wouldn't say that it is you know there's a lot of variety on it and it is and i felt like i i I, despite the first record having 17 tracks on it i didn't really feel like there were all that many songs on the first record and that isn't the case with this i feel like there are double the amount of songs at least on this record than there was on the debut um and and what i mean by that really is double the amount of ideas that have been fully investigated rather than just sort of like here's a thing and now we're going to throw it away like horror are a band who chuck shit loads of ideas at the wall and then see what sticks and with the united states of horror i think a lot of them fell to the ground to be totally honest but with this i think the majority of them stick there are some that fall to the ground there are some that don't quite do it for me but overall i was pretty damn impressed with this record and i and i went into it not thinking i would be if i'm totally honest i went into it being like all right here we go but no i was pretty impressed i think uh there's a guest spot from Corey taylor on gonna ask you about Corey taylor yeah on bite my face and we have uh said some not particularly nice things about Corey taylor on this podcast before we've also said some very we've also nice... said some very nice things about Corey taylor on this record i i thought his performance on this record was the most pissed off he has sounded probably since he was on that code orange song uh yeah i mean maybe since then i mean i was just gonna say since volume three really um but i think he like it is nice to hear Corey taylor actually sound engaged again you know when um and and i think it sounds really really cool it sounds so sludgy and heavy that song i think and you know i i i think it's i think it's decent that song it's interesting you bringing up code orange because i read the review on metal hammer before listening to this album and the first for fans of was code orange which made my eyebrows practically hit the ceiling or one of my eyebrows hit the ceiling in a very roger moore-esque way to be honest since putting it on whilst i don't think this has done anywhere near to the standard that code orange do it that idea of them kind of fucking with you as a listener 
and having very, very sudden about turns and surprises, things that come in that make you go, oh, wasn't expecting that. I can see that, that the comparison is apt. I think Code Orange, you know, to be clear, Code Orange do it 10 times better, but I can see that. And that, like, if someone had compared the first album to Code Orange, I would have found that kind of laughable. But I can see that comparison at this point. And basically, I mean, for my money, you know, you've got Lower Than Scum, which is a pretty straight ahead sort of grind thrash number. And, you know, if it was on a Napalm Death song, uh, if it was on a Napalm Death album, it wouldn't particularly stand out. But on this record, because of what it's surrounded by, it sounds fucking massive, you know, I, I, I thought... And what I'm really pleased to say about this record is that I, I think horror are at least going in the right direction. I think there were there were a lot of people who got overexcited and just went, oh my God, yeah, they're amazing. But there were, you know, some people who listened to it and then went, yeah, there isn't really much substance to this, is there? And it does sound like they've listened to those criticisms and, and begun to address them. I, I, I think this is undoubtedly a step up. Uh, quite a significant step up from the first album personally i don't think it's the finished article but if they were to take a step as big yet again for a full-length album proper number three that would be the point where i'd start to go okay i can start to really properly invest in this band now we'll have to see whether that happens or not but united states of horror I didn't go back to and I didn't really feel any need or desire no, to go back no, to. No, no, no. I didn't think there was any songs on that. And at least I think there are some songs on this. So yeah, yeah I agree. With, so you're right in that respect. I, w- I will probably go back to this. I, I'm pretty I'm pretty certain I will because there are bits on it. You know, I've not even mentioned Protect the Bitch 2 yet, which is heavy. You know, it's really cool. It's not, it's not backwash heavy. And like I said, the game's changed with this sort of stuff. But... You know, I'd say it's kind of like prodigy level at their most sick and vile. That's you know, it's it's not in it's not not heavy. You know, mm. oh no, it's heavy. And there's some crazy vocal shit going on in that song, which I really was like, that's really cool. You know, there's a lot of cool moments on this record, and there's a a fair few cool songs as well. It is a massive step up for my money. I still think there's places to go, considering just how hyped this band are, if they are going to match that hype. But hey, at least it's going very much in the right direction. Yeah, I agree. Oh, cool. Uh, like, it's definitely going in the right direction. I, I think you probably like it more than me. Yeah, I think I do as well. But I don't dislike it, put it that way. Okay. I don't dislike it. I just found myself going, yeah, you still... I think, like you quite rightly say, some of the problems from prior to this record remain on this record. Mm-hmm. And it means that even at, for me, at 33 minutes let's say it doesn't capture my attention in the way that the best of this genre has me you said about david diggs and your jaws on the floor Mm -hmm. he's not the only one you know like when you compare this to i lay here buried with my rings and dresses by Mm -hmm. backwash and you just think like that is such an astonishingly you you can't take your eye off it you can't stop you can't not be engaged with it throughout its entire runtime. You have to just be like, oh my God, all the way through. And I don't feel like this about this. And that's that's the bar for this stuff, you know? I agree. That last Backwash album grabs you by the throat and 100% absolutely refuses to let you go. Yeah, it tightens its grip, if anything, the longer it goes on. Yeah, this album does grab you by the throat, but it occasionally lets go as well. 
yeah 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 so yeah you're right like good for them mm. for definitely clearly showing signs of improvement but we're not quite there yet but anyway that's skin by horror one quick question would you um be curious to go and see them again now with this material because now definitely yeah, i want to go yeah. see them again yeah yeah me too yeah yeah i would like to see them again actually because they are fucking good live yeah. like, even when i was like i don't know what this song is don't care like I, I still thought they were fucking great live so um that'd be interesting a lot of track but yes they are they are good a lot of life. track a lot yeah. a lot a lot a lot, lot of track. track oh a lot of track tell you don't have any track as far as i'm aware Biffy Clyro doing an acoustic set in Kingston. Lovely segue. At 5pm in the <laughs> afternoon. Well, they started at 6. We were having our five guys at 5pm, but yeah. Do you want to review yeah, the five guys? Uh, yeah, always. Uh, so the five guys were Tom, Graham, <laughs> Matt, oh, come on. Uh, and uh, no, we had a burger. It was it's nice. nice. had a yeah. burger. I bought, a, I got a great little haul waiting for you. Um, we got to Kingston first. Yeah. Wait for you. Went to a record shop. Got a cracking little haul from a second hand record shop in Kingston. Very good. Very pleased with my haul. Got dog eat dogs, no fronts on 12 inch vinyl. Oh, loves. Let's get through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so that was Biffy Clyro uh, in Kingston. <laughs> Now, Biffy Clyro, I mean, you suggested to review the burgers. So I'm <laughs> That's true. Fair just enough. Just run away. <laughs> yeah, Biffy played Prison in uh, in Kingston, doing an acoustic set, 45-minute acoustic set. We saw the matinee of that. It did two shows. What, 500 people in there, you reckon? Oh, no. Prism's 1,000 cap. 1,000. Okay, 1,000 cap. So, But still, for Biffy Clyro... Uh, intimate. Intimate for intimate. that band. Yes, we're talking about a band who have played the O2. Yeah. I pretty much thought I knew what this was going to be. And it sort of was basically, you know, an acoustic set. You know, I had an idea in my head of what sort of songs they might play beforehand. They played some of them. I mean... Well, some surprises though, weren't there? There are a few, yeah. But you said yesterday, and I think you were kind of right to say it, that sometimes you just want a band to come and play really good songs really well. Exactly. And that is ultimately what Biffy Clyro mm. did. They played a bunch of really good songs and they played them really yeah, well. Yeah. It's not the most exciting review of a live band you're ever going to hear. Well but at the same time it's the truth. Well, and I can add you know, I can add a little bit to that. I mean, look, they started with instant history. And, you know, we've <laughs> we've talked quite a lot about that song on this podcast, but that is not a song that I listen to, the original version, and go, Oh, that's rife for an acoustic version. And it I thought, I know you are less keen on that song. In fact you're not very keen on it at all from my recollection it sounded much better that's what i wanted to ask you what did you think of yeah. it acoustically and, uh, you know and i think if you listen to that song on record you wouldn't go this is cool but an acoustic version of this which w would really like would really really work and you know what it really did it really did i mean it's not quite you know Alison Chains' Sludge Factory, but I was still pretty like, oh wow, you've really adapted this very well. And then you've got like some of the weird stuff like Haru Urara. I think that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> it's spelled H A R U U R A R A. U R A R A. U R A R A. The eighth track on The Myth of the Happily Ever After, which, you know, again, is not a song that I'd go, oh, that'll work really, really well acoustically. But it did, you know, like, because at the end of the day, we've talked about this idea that if a song is great you should be able to transplant it and make it acoustic i mean there's lots of people who have said that over the years i think i think ronnie wood's sort of the earliest that i recall saying it 
but more often than not it's true it's probably not true of vain songs but other than that you know um and this very much was that i thought they did 11 songs sounded fucking great tiny indoor fireworks and stuff like that again which i didn't think was typical kind of acoustic-y stuff you know acoustic version of bubbles i mean i know they did that on mtv unplugged but again it's not like tradition it's not like oh yeah that'll work really well and i liked the bravery of that i thought that was really cool we got um both shows were exactly the same set list bar one song we got black chandelier and the later show got which is amazing which was fucking great acoustically i i was i ah what a brilliant song and the second show got god and satan i, I mean i think we won the day personally i think they yeah i do actually yeah, i think i like two. god and satan but i think black chandelier is, an, is a more unusual song to have an acoustic version 100 percent. um i mean you alluded to the fact that a band that definitely didn't have tracks like they were not on perfect form and 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 black chandelier i suspect and I don't know this, but I suspect they dropped it because there was something was happening uh, during Black Chandelier, and I wasn't sure exactly what it was, but something was a little bit off. But you know, like and Simon forgot the words a little bit. Simon kind of mumbled words, through some of the words. Something going on with the bass. The... I wasn't exactly sure what it was, but they probably went, uh, "Let's let's just drop into God and say, and that's easier, you know, for the second show." But like, at no point, I think this is the thing. At no point when a band like play a bum note live or anything like that. The audience never go, oh my God, I want my money back. This is awful. As a matter of fact, and this is, you know, this is again, going back to the tracks conversation, but you just go, oh, Mm. like weirdly, I think it's kind of better because it's just a reminder. It's like, oh fuck yeah, this is live. This is happening right in front of me. And this is something that no one else will experience. Even the people, even the people who came in for the second show, you know, during space, uh, Simon was playing that solo acoustic and did a bit of a bum note. It's like, well, second show won't yeah. get that. And it's just, it's just, you know, I know I go on about it all the time, but live music should be fucking live. And yesterday mm. was just a, a, an astonishing reminder of that, I thought. I think they made that room really intimate. I mean, I know a thousand cap is intimate for Biffy Clyro, but it's still a lot of people. And yeah, it is definitely Simon, and it was it, the whole venue felt so stupid, mm. small. That's why I said five hundred because I was like, oh, it couldn't have been that no, it's many. It's a thousand, mate. It's a thousand. Mm. Simon was interacting with the crowd brilliantly. Uh, he was really fucking funny. He was kind of, um, you know, answering heckles in 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 a, in a really funny way. Someone uh, shouted, uh, "Take your top off," because uh, men can be objectified as well. Uh, and he was like, "You take yours off," uh, you know, and stuff like that. And I just thought that was great um yeah i mean they really it's so nice talking about biffy clyro because it's like brilliant a band who are fucking massive and actually deserve it i love it i love them i thought they were fucking great i thought it was really good and when you think that you know when i was i went back and i was like oh you know when you see a band you're like oh i want to listen to them now i listened to cop syrup on the way back because i was like well that's a fucking bang i'm gonna whack that Mm. on you just think that band have just done this really unbelievably heartfelt delicate beautiful lovely set and yet they're capable of unbelievable acerbic power and that's you know that's why biffy deserve to be pretty fucking massive yeah. i think well and they, they are, are. <laughs> and that's good in this country in this, <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah they are in this country, in this country. Yeah. yeah they're good they are good we speak about them a lot but you know they are good anyway um there's a bunch of stuff that we want to talk about before we fuck off um maybe start with the more 
sort of fun thing to start with arcade fire let's talk about arcade fire to begin with i think as a little kind of preamble because this is quite a fun little story arcade fire continue to tease new material with sheet music and postcards so arcade fire are who we haven't really spoken about that much as a podcast no. because they haven't they haven't released an album since we've been a podcast basically mm. everything now was their last album in 2017 quite like that album i think it's it's not my favourite Arcade Fire album. I'll say no more than that. You a fan of that album, particularly Renfrey? Uh, it's a bit clean, I think. Uh, do you know what? I'm not 100% sure I've even heard it. I can't, I was very big okay. on um, the first three, basically. And I did lose my way a little yeah. bit with Arcade Fire after that, I have to confess. But yeah. I mean, those three are the... They're the ones, aren't they? Fucking, they're the ones, aren't they? Neon Bible, Neon Bible. Uh, mm-hmm. the suburbs, and the, the self and the funeral, funeral stuff like yeah. is it? Are f- fucking amazing. So we like Arcade Fire on this podcast. Yep. So there you go. Do with that information what thou wilt. Um, but anyway, they've got a new album coming out. I'm quite excited about it because it will be the first chance for us to talk mm-hmm. about Arcade Fire mm-hmm. properly. Uh, we'll do a classic album on them at some point, I'm sure as well. But um, they have been sending out postcards to their fans with the words we missed you and musical notes and hand-drawn illustrations serving it's as some sort of cryptic version of the songs on the record that they're soon going to release so rather than releasing actual music from it as a single as a build-up to the album they kind of release sort of drip feed releasing actual musical notes and actual musical versions of the songs they've invented a new musical note they found the j note finally someone's done it right um i i i am of under the impression that if you get a bunch of these postcards together they effectively form the sheet music for a song or maybe a couple of songs or something like that i'm not 100 sure but i think that is basically it i mean this isn't the first time that kind of thing has been done um i know that actually adele did a similar ish thing um at some point releasing the sheet music first for uh something it might have even been for the most recent record i can't remember uh john mayer has done it as well it's not the first time it's ever been done but it is kind of cool because obviously you know if you're a musician you can read music you start playing the song in your own way and you know you are hearing the song for the first time but you're also kind of not because it's your version of the song i just mm. I love that idea. I think that's really, really yeah, cool. It is. I, I've got to say, I find the pre-release... I mean, we're about to talk about the Ramstein song in a little bit, which is from their, their new album. And there's plenty to talk about, and there's a video, and blah, blah, blah. And it feels like an event with Ramstein when they release a song. Yeah. And I always liked and I always liked getting a single prior to an album or whatever. But we don't really talk about individual songs that much and the reason we don't is because i kind of like i've got to the point where i don't very much listen to the singles prior to an album because you know unless you're like oh it's a small band and they've only got a song out and it's like well this will be on their album when they get signed or when they record the record you know a year and a half later or whatever i'm just a bit like well I want to hear the album. Do you know what I mean? I don't like. I I don't want to have, especially when you get like five, six songs released from a big album prior to it even being released, and you're like, I've heard loads of this. Like, I mean, that's the reason "Go On" by Turnstile didn't get in my top twenty, mm. which I know is mental. Mm. Now I am like, that is mental because that album is fucking unbelievable. Especially after seeing it recently, it's mm. fucking unbelievable. Obviously, really? yeah. but 
I, but you know, but I was like, oh yeah, you know, like the EP was brilliant, wasn't it? That was really good, and I'd heard a bunch of stuff from it, and you know, I just think it kind of dulls the impact of hearing the hearing the record. So something like this, where all you're getting is your own piano, stroke, guitar, stroke, violin version of what their new song is going to be, it's a nice little teaser, but it's not really any kind of real teaser. Which is brilliant. I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I, I think that's the really cool thing about it. And of course, you know, there might be an element of you just like, oh well, I, I'm, I'm not a musician. I can't play any musical instruments. But of course, you know, we're in the age of people doing their own YouTube cover versions, and like, you can, you, like, in theory, you can hear the new Arcade Fire single right now, but not done by Arcade Fire. And I just think there's something kind of cool about that. Um, I just think that's a really awesome thing like i said it's not strictly an original idea but it is an idea that not many bands have sort of done or covered i mean we have talked about the like not listening I- i've actually talked about it quite a lot the not listening to singles before albums thing just to say i do <laughs> we-, we are obviously in a privileged position where with a lot of albums once the first single has come out there's a good chance that we will have the promo not much later than that so we don't have to wait um and i understand that uh, you know prior to doing this for a job a new single comes out from a band that you really like do you really want to wait three four five maybe six months sometimes like nine months till the actual album comes out uh, of course you don't i do get it um but but yeah it can give you a very uh it can give you a it can give you the wrong idea about a record sometimes. We were talking about the Ghost record um, this week. Uh, we've got our mm. separate review up for the new Ghost album, which is out today. If you're listening to this podcast today, it comes out. And, you know, we were talking about 20s and, and the, that song 20s, the last song that they released before the album came out and how odd that must have sounded on its own. And neither of us mm. heard the song on its own. We only ever heard it within... I did, actually. Oh, here he No, is. I did. Now he pipes up. I listened to it. Yeah, okay. Well, I did. I listened to it first, and then we got to the promo. Okay, <laughs> but you know, like the same day, but I hadn't, and and so consequently, it didn't really stand out as a weird moment to me until a couple of more listens when I was like, "This was released as a single? What?" You know, and I was I was yeah. baffled by it. But um, you know, I saw it sort of makes sense. But yeah, I th- I think um, I think this is just really cool, isn't it? I mean, is there much more to say other than that? No, not really. I mean, you know, actually, there's someone called First Circles who have done uh, the, the 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 tracks from. Uh, there's 14 tracks of music that they've done. I mean, that's oh, obviously, it, yeah. So you can listen to what they've got. To, I mean, I doubt that even amounts to uh, a whole song. It might do. It might be mm. close to us. I mean, Arcade Fire do have some pretty like lengthy compositions, so I don't think that even would amount to a whole song. But like you said about going and listening to it, you can listen to their version of what they've been given. Yeah. Um, on soundcloud first uh yeah first circles latest tracks just called latest tracks arcade fire that's cool postcard i like that um so yeah i think that's really cool i mean and as for like going back to things um yeah i, I you know listening to first singles and then you go oh, i don't want to wait six months for the album blah blah, blah. like yeah fair enough mm-hmm. but i think it's when you go well here's the first song from the album and the album will be out in eight months but in the meantime, we're going to release a song from it every six weeks or whatever. And then by the time you get the album, you go, oh, there's there's 12 tracks on there and I've heard six of them already. That doesn't feel as exciting to me, personally. I mean, you had, you had that really weird release strategy with the first Sleep Token album Sleep where Token. they released every single song on the album, bar one, prior to the album, which, um, I mean... 
did that work for them? I don't know. Depends what they wanted out of well, it. Well, they're doing all right. I they? mean, they are doing all right, so I suppose it did. But um, I found I found that weird. But hey, I, I mean, I think that did work for them. So fair enough, you know. I'm I'm yeah. not a fan of the whole drip feeding thing. I mean, I mean, we're going to talk about Ramstein in a minute, and they have, as we're recording today, they have announced that they're releasing an album i feel like i'm going into it already but just as an example they have announced that they're releasing an album in what like uh it's like six weeks today or something isn't it it's the 29th of april and i find that so fucking refreshing from a band as massive as them um Mm. i mean obviously you know you get nine inch nails will do it all the time and stuff like that but i i i this whole lead up and this whole like six months till the album comes out fuck it off it fucks me off something rotten it's just boring at this stage i think there are far more exciting ways and whilst we find it annoying sometimes when things sort of surprise drop and all that bullshit it is fucking cool there's no denying it you know true facts true facts um so anyway there you go arcade fire arcade fire are good ramstein are good as we will discuss in a minute but i thought probably the next thing we could talk Mm -hmm. about is another band who are good and this is a surprise and this will be an emotional set of dates that the prodigy we don't again in terms Mm. of like announcing live dates we don't normally go oh so and so have announced a tour but i thought this is interesting because this this took me by surprise a little bit i was like oh fuck i kind of thought that it probably would happen because I'm lucky enough to be kind of chummy with... Well, my mate Ollie basically works with the Prodigy camp. Mm-hmm. Um, he works for Liam Howlett. Mm-hmm. He used to play guitar in the band Hounds. Do you remember that sort of electro-rock band Hounds? About 10 years ago, do you remember them? No. <laughs> I think he plays guitar in Cassiette at the moment as well. Oh, right. Yeah, Cassiette? I know the Cassiette thing. Yeah, so you've heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, he works with the Prodigy. And um, I bumped into him at Download last year at the Download Pilot. And I sort of said to him, like, you know, what's going on? And he was just like, well, Liam is working on new music. Yeah. So I did think to myself, and I said about, oh, would he, yeah, I can't really do it. Can you do it live? Like, can you? And he was like, well, I think he sort of intends to, to do at least do one last set of dates. So I sort of had that in my mind, but then I was a bit like, I kind of forgotten about it. And I did think, you know, can that, how's that going to look like? Can that really happen? I don't really, I don't really know. I mean, obviously in terms of the music, there's really no reason why the Prodigy shouldn't go out on tour at all because Liam yeah. Howler is the Prodigy. The prodigy. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's something about, the idea of going something about the idea for me of going to see the prodigy and keith flint not being there mm. which feels odd and they've so they've got an eight date sorry no it's a, a 10 date sorry i should say a 10 date tour which includes three nights brixton. at brixton academy which i very much hope to go to because i think this is going to be one of those things where you think well i like personally the prodigy are amazing live and i was gutted to when they played ali pally just you know after notorious came out you know i i think it was a stressful time for me when that last album came out and i gave it a quick listen but i probably didn't go as mad in on notorious as i maybe should have done i sort of forgotten about it and then i didn't go to the gigs and then what happened with keith happened and i was like oh shit does that mean i've seen the prodigy for the last time but i really would like to go to this i think it's got the potential to be one of those gigs that you remember for a really long time but i am surprised to actually i did think they would probably happen but still the surprise of seeing it actually actually happening is um 
yeah i don't know i feel like i'm kind of like trying to find the word how did you feel about this well, when you saw um, it I wasn't surprised that it was going to happen, but I was surprised that it happened this soon. Um, but not not in a negative way. I want to be very very clear. I mean, I think this is awesome. I understand everything that you are saying regarding man. It's going to be weird without Keith, but you know, given the circumstances, I I, I think this is. And they've sort of um, said, you know, this one is for Keith. You know, and and I, it's just like already. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like I'm welling up a little bit. I'm not even, as 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 people go, I'm not even that invested in the prodigy compared to a lot of people. I think you like them more than I do. I mean, we mm. both know Merlin. Merlin's fucking loves that band, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, and and but even even someone who, you know, fuck it. Yeah, I'm I'm a casual fan of the prodigy. Like I only mm. own Fat of the Merlin. Way. By the way, mm. Merlin. By the way, poor bastard. This got announced, and he he's on holiday. <sighs> when the brixton shows are taking place and he's just like oh my oh my fucking god oh my god so he's having to go to like having to go to birmingham like it's the worst thing ever. <laughs> but he's like fuck it i'm going to he's yeah. like so he's gonna go to the birmingham yeah, date yeah, instead yeah, yeah. i mean yeah i yeah uh, I, I think that would be a good idea for him to do that i've not really looked because i find the internet and social media a cesspool of hatred and and bum but you know i, I think most people are positive just about mute me mate <laughs> but i think most people are being positive about this aren't they and if they're not i mean if you're not being positive about this you're a cunt yeah i mean to be honest i haven't looked at the reaction to it at all i'm just going by my own kind of reaction um to it which was like oh fucking hell great i would i really want to see the prodigy i do want to do that and also not only is the prodigy you know liam it's worth remembering as well one of the most underrated people in live music maxim reality is the he's dude who fucking fucking great yeah yeah like he's the dude who fucking whips up more fucking chaos than anyone in that band ever i would say really he's he's a, they are such a great they were such a you know that they i think i said when keith went you know it was like they were such a great pair to pair off of each other yeah but like maxim is definitely the ringleader of it all he is yeah you know it's a. Uh, it's going to be a you know it's it, it's going to be a an unusual one i mean i've seen the prodigy fucking hell how many times have i seen the prodigy well anyway i've seen them a lot over the years i've seen them every you know since 1996 which is the first time i saw them i have seen them a lot mm -hmm. i've seen them a, a lot a lot and it's kind of been the same thing every single mm -hmm. time i've seen mm -hmm. them the kind of beauty of the prodigy is that you go along and the stage set might change a bit and you know the visuals might change and the members might be dressed a bit differently or whatever but you ultimately get the same show which is you know the show that the fucking prodigy give you mm. and i do feel like this one might be a bit different absolutely i mean i mean <clears throat> i don't want to sound sort of morbid and stuff i'm sure there are a lot of people who are in this scenario as well but as much as i really admire the prodigy i will say uh, they're not a band who every single time they tour i feel the need to go and see personally but then this one does feel you know different doesn't it and and again mm. not wanting to step on any toes or any or or anything like that but like we just said the prodigy is liam howlett i know keith was out front and center as is maxim as well but you know the sound is liam howlett 
and Keith got that notoriety as the front man for the Prodigy through the Firestarter video, didn't he? When in reality, he is just one of two front men for the Prodigy. But someone said this, didn't they? Like, uh, Keith is the heart and Liam Howler is the mind or something along those lines. They probably said it far better than that. I mean, I think the, the audience will bring the heart because of the situation. Yeah, it's going to be interesting when 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 you get to songs like, you know, Firestarter and Breathe. Yeah, sure. The being being the big obvious ones, like, it's going to be interesting how because I don't imagine they'll just be like, oh, we we just won't play Firestarter. No. I don't believe that they'll do that. I believe that they will play that song because I kind of feel like people are going to want to hear it. Everyone's going to want to hear it. It's kind of their biggest song, right? But do you know what? I do believe that whatever they do, it will be the right thing, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I believe that quite wholeheartedly. I believe that they will do the right thing. I don't know how they conquer that. Liam Howlett, I'm sure, has been thinking about it. I mean, you know, it's been three, four years. He's probably three been years, thinking yeah. about it that whole time, more or less. They mm. will pull it off. It will be extraordinary, and um, yeah, those those shows will be. Uh, just thinking about it, I'm getting emotional to be honest. And as I said, I'm, I'm only a casual fan. I can't even imagine how um, you know prodigy obsessors must be feeling about it. So, yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, really good, really, really good. You wanted to mention, and I think you're right to mention this. Bandcamp, Bandcamp got sold to Epic Games of Fortnite fame. You like Fortnite, Renfrey? But are you in it? Fortnite. Never played Fortnite. Never played it. I had a quick go on it back in the day. Uh, back in the day, about fucking three years ago, three four years ago. I did, I have I have had a go on Fortnite. I don't really get it. Like I don't really know. It's just it's like it's basically is it? It's just Call of Duty for kids, isn't it? Uh, I I I barely even see. It. I mean, uh, to be fair, Epic Games have done fucking loads of things. They like made the Unreal Engine. They like they are responsible for an awful lot of stuff in the video gaming world. But yes, they are. Shit. Have I just mugged them off down to... Well, Fortnite. To I mean, Fortnite is probably their biggest, latest hit, but they've done fucking loads of things in the video game realm. Annoyingly, I can't think of anything, any of them off the top of my head. They built the Unreal Engine, which is the um, which is the sort of uh, bones of many, 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 many games, especially first-person shooters and stuff like that. But um, yeah, they have acquired Bandcamp, which is um, interesting considering yep. i mean Bandcamp. i'm let's I, I thought it'd be quite good to go over a little bit of uh just a very brief history of Bandcamp, just because there's actually an awful lot of myths about Bandcamp. there's a lot of people who sort of assume that Bandcamp is a streaming service along the likes of spotify uh deezer apple music blah 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 and it isn't that really it's a platform where you can stream music but really it's a platform for artists to be able to sell their own music. I'm going to quote very quickly from an NPR article uh, interview with Ethan Diamond, who is the CEO of Bandcamp. Uh, That was released like August 2020. I'll put it in the show notes because it's an excellent article, actually. 
And it says, so I put this other very basic question to Ethan Diamond. Is Bandcamp a streaming service? His answer surprised me. No, he said. I don't think of this as a streaming service. I consider us a record store and a music community. The primary difference being that we're a way to directly support the artists that you enjoy listening to. Half of the sales on Bandcamp at this point are for physical goods. Digital has also seen really strong growth. And when you buy digital on Bandcamp, what you're buying is access. So you can grab a download, but you can also stream through our app unlimited once you've purchased the music but yeah i don't think of us as a streaming service at all and i think that's um i think that's a, a really important distinction that a lot of people don't make with bandcamp at the end of the day there's a lot of people who have got their knickers in a twist with this epic thing because when it comes to independent artists and and people actually wanting to make some fucking money from music uh like that's such a terrible thing um you know, Bandcamp has been amazing. We all know about Bandcamp mm. Fridays now and like that's been such a ridiculous success. And initially they were just planning to do it over the COVID periods as a sort of, well, musicians can't tour at the moment, but here's a way that we can support them. Basically, Bandcamp take absolutely, most of you will know this, but they take absolutely no royalty, no money whatsoever when you buy music on those specific Bandcamp Fridays. Even when they do, I don't have this immediately in front of me, but I I believe the amount that they take like basically 82 percent when you take everything away and all that sort of shit goes to the artist even yeah, even, yeah that's what i've read yeah, yeah even mm. on a non-bandcamp friday day which <laughs> surprise surprise is much 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 more artist friendly than any other streaming service out there so you know i'm a big proponent of bandcamp however there are people who as, as I, you know, I think most people who want music to be supported are as, as as they should be. So, but there are some people who are a bit um, nervous about the acquisition from Epic, and I can understand that. Epic are a huge conglomerate, a huge corporate entity. What will they do with Bandcamp? But they've gone. There's a lot of people have gone really bonkers really quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. chill the fuck they out. Done it. They haven't done anything <laughs> yet. They haven't even. Like they've literally just <laughs> bought it, and people are like, right, that's, that's it. it. Uh, right. right. I've cancelled my whatever. So There's nothing I to cancel for just... sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. Like, I, well, I've cancelled my postcode <laughs> uh, on on the delivery part of the bank app website. Delivery part of the bank app website. You sound like a nan. Well, you know, I did send that particular insult towards you the other week so <laughs> seems only fair that you bat it back in my general direction Renfrey um a week late yeah I, I a week a week late hey better late that than never fun. yeah I mean I don't know look I mean I guess there's a few things isn't there that you have to look at in terms of the reaction it's funny we were talking on the phone uh earlier and we were talking about the kind of how ridiculous the and kind of meaningless most reactions on social media to anything are not specifically about this and how it bears so little relation to the reality of the situation so often Absolutely. we had a very long conversation about that <laughs> yeah yeah and I, I i think this is like possibly another one of them i mean again i know because of that reaction I mean, this is something i said to you that because of that reaction i, I watched the anthony fantano video about it actually mm. that was the amount the amount i don't know if you've seen that i haven't no no but he's basically gone oh dearie me dearie dearie me dearie me oh god oh and he kind of you know gets a bit upset about it all going oh what's this going to mean what's going to happen here and i was a bit like well i mean he's 
he does he's not sort of raging in the ways that some people on social media on the, mm. the, the, the response to the, the post on social media were but he is like i'm worried because i know what corporate acquisitions mean and what usually happens within corporate acquisitions happening and he was like and i wouldn't be surprised if in the next few weeks or so we suddenly get them going oh you know you normally make 82 percent it's actually only going to be 80 now Mm -hmm. but that's all right isn't it because you're getting 80 and you're getting more than anyone else and then it will slowly Mm -hmm. but surely sneak up so i i think and i think that's you know a perfectly reasonable thing to be worried about i think it's reasonable to be concerned definitely concern fine I think that was a perfectly reasonable thing to be concerned about. I wasn't so sure. I mean, one of the other things, as he said, is that I soon, with this kind of corporate acquisition, Fortnite, uh, sorry, not Fortnite, Epic Games, I should say, not not Fortnite. <laughs> Epic Games. Your Fortnite Epic... obsession. You try it well, once I just a think few years ago. I... You fucking love it. I know. Well, it's a big, big deal, Renfrew. I mean, you know, I think it is quite a big deal, actually, Fortnite. Uh, but Epic, he said, you know, Epic are going to want to go, right, well, we've bought this thing. Surely you should be featuring not just underground artists, but the biggest artists. You should be having the biggest artists on your page. That's what you should be doing. Get them on there. Get Ed Sheeran on there. Get The Weeknd on there. Get Taylor Swift on there. And then they will get be the things that get pushed. And then the sort of front cover of your, you know, I get emails from Bandcamp going, I like trains. Well, I've got a new single. Yeah. The Hell have got a new single. You know, all the stuff that I've bought off Bandcamp. You know, Sugar Horse have got a new single or whatever. Could get this off or they've got that or whatever. And you go, all right, cool. Uh, yeah. But if you suddenly start going, oh, you know, here's a load of spam emails about fucking Adele, Adele's album sure. coming out, that's going to be a problem. And I, I just think that that is, that's a way away, isn't it? I mean, that if it happening at all, it's a long way away from happening right now, surely. Depends. I mean, I was perusing um, Sigarosa's Bandcamp page earlier today. You have an ad pop-up advert for, for Bewitched. <laughs> mm, I, I hate to break it to you, Steve, but I think Sigarosa are bigger Boo. than Bewitched. Um, are they? Oh, they probably are, actually, Of course they, they fucking, oh, yeah. Well, they've just today, announced two dates at the Academy. <laughs> you know, on a full-on, uh, full-scale tour. But which would play is the right. academy little mix. Uh, well, well, okay. I'm checking. This isn't who's I'm, bigger, I'm generic pop band or Sigarose. Um, you know, but but the way that Sigarose use their Bandcamp page is really interesting because they basically Spotify backs you up. By the way, by the way, thank you. Spotify backs you, you up. Um, they basically have. Uh, they do have all their albums on there, but they also have a bunch of rare stuff that you can't get anywhere else. So, for example, they've got an instrumental version of Kaveka, which is the album I gave you in trade-off that you very much enjoyed. I was like, oh, <laughs> I'd like that, please. So next Bandcamp Friday, I'm going to be getting that. Uh, they have, you know, they did an iTunes uh, festival. When, do you remember iTunes Festival? They used to take over the Roundhouse for I a month. I do, yeah. They yeah, have yeah, that yeah. set up there. I was like, oh, cool, I didn't realise that. Uh, I'd like to check that out. They have live versions of songs from Kaveka. They have some of the singles and B-sides and EPs that I, that, like, I, I have them somewhere, but I don't have physical copies of them. I'm like, oh, cool, I could actually download these and get that. And I think that's quite a cool way for bigger artists to use Bandcamp. The other thing that we should say... In terms of bringing artists into the forefront of people's minds and being aware of who they are, off the top of my head, Backwash, Frontera, and Zealanada have all benefited massively and all started out by basically being sort of lone individual people who just went, 
oh car seat headrest there's another one who just went you know what i'm just going to record at home i'm going to upload a bunch of home recordings onto bandcamp in some cases i'm going to charge 99p for a record or a pound or a dollar for a record in some cases you know and that's another thing like bandcamp is one of the only platforms that gives the artist 100% control over how much they charge and those bands have you know they're not they're not little mix uh i don't know why you compare every band to little mix in terms of size steve but but cnr have got pretty fucking big haven't they you know car yeah. seat headrest well, did the roundhouse last time they were in london didn't they do brixton once as i well? think car seat headrest did do brixton actually yeah you mm-hmm. know so i think jay i think uh, i was reading um uh, i mean jpeg jpeg mafia i believe was somebody who started just by uploading almost certainly but, uh, who yeah. is now you know a very very sizable yeah. artist so for this kind of like like I'm really not pissing around when I say that Bandcamp for pushing experimental music into, I mean, whether we call it the mainstream or or just making it really big. Bandcamp is the most important thing that's happened to music probably the last 10 years. Just Zeal and Arda, I don't think, would have got to where they are now without Bandcamp. Because if they had gone to... I mean, they could have self-released themselves, but, you know, they wouldn't have had the distri- distribution sort of network that Bandcamp allows them. And like um, and like the CEO was saying, it is a place for music fans to go to and discover stuff. They, they, they have writers at Bandcamp to give you an idea of, like, what is new and what is worth checking out and all that sort of thing. Like, it really is an awesome community if you go there. And, like, certainly... I mean, if Epic came in and fucked that up, that would be a fucking disaster. And I'm not saying that you know oh there's no way that will happen or anything like that I, I i am concerned i suppose i've just the reaction that i've seen to this is people going well that's it then no more band camp and i'm just like come on guys like let's yes historically big corporate acquisitions of smaller entities and stuff doesn't always go well admittedly but let's just wait and see is all i'm saying let's let's not you know jump the gun even when it does go well it can eventually not go well yeah, i mean look true. at roman abramovich Good. they all thought that was all the children they thought that was hunky dory for ages didn't they and it's all going to shit now i'm gonna Probably. nod politely <laughs> yes right. steve i agree Mm. Should we move on? It's probably not. To be fair, I think it'll be all right. <laughs> anyway, don't don't panic, guys. You know, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm I'm certainly we'll see. we'll see. But you know, yeah. Uh, okay, right. What else has happened? Um, before we talk about the Ramstein video, which I think we'll end the show yeah. on, let's talk about Sergio Vega. This mm. isn't good. This isn't good. Um, so Sergio Vega's left Deftones. Has he left Deftones? Or has he just let everybody know that he's not been in Deftones uh, for a while? <laughs> yeah. Um, he has basically said, you know, the, the official word is Sergio Vega, whatever the situation, is no longer a member of Deftones. And I mean, there's quite a lot to sort of unpack from him leaving. Now, obviously, he came in and I think he's done a brilliant job. Like, as a huge Deftones fan a huge huge the biggest Deftones fan um that you will probably meet alongside Renfrey I think we're both like absolutely massive fans of Deftones One and of the best bands I was it. Yep. 
Yeah, and since 2009, Sergio Vega has played bass in Deftones. The kind of, you know, to step in after what happened with Chi Chang's accident, um, which obviously he the injuries from which he succumbed to a few years later. Mm. Heartbreaking, horrible, heartbreaking, terrible situation for him to step into. Has been brilliant in that band. Has been brilliant. Has been responsible for playing on some of the best F tone that you know, like Diamond Eyes is as good as pretty much anything they've ever done. Um, Yokan as well. Koino Yokan think is fucking amazing. And I think as, as time you know, goes on, more people are jumping on the Koino Yokan bandwagon as well. I'm just gonna say Yeah. Uh we still like I am still fucking monolithically rigid in my support for gore same i i know that yeah people aren't getting on the gore train that i hope like they people aren't getting on the gore train i think gore's fucking great and yeah but like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry you're wrong (laughs) yes i agree but i'm really apologetic for being so blunt about this but you're really quite wrong about that unfortunately not like you to be blunt sorry about that no um and obviously OMS, which came out yeah, last year. Which is great. Was, or the year before. It was 2020, wasn't it? Oh, fuck me. Fuck it was, God, yeah. the time. Uh, 2020, it was, was fucking excellent as well. And, you know, Sergio's been involved in all of those records. He stepped in um, early on in the band's career uh, when Chi was out for a little bit around kind of 95, I believe. Really I think early he said on. he played for a little bit, really like really super on. early. And he's also in Quicksand. Yeah. So fucking fair play to him. He's, he's a good lad. Um he's basically he did a video and he didn't look very comfortable in the video where he spoke about i'm not going to read the whole thing out from his you can go and find his instagram video if you want to yeah yeah, but but you know um he it seems like he was told that he would be made an, an official member and at the start of every album cycle was sort of asked about you know are you being you know can i Will I, will I be an official member of the band now? But instead he'd be given a kind of contract, which I was surprised about because I was like, oh, well, I just assumed you were uh, an official, official member. Uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't surprised about the contracts. Yeah. But sure. Oh, okay. But anyway, basically, um, it seems like a, some sort of contract negotiation-based thing has happened, which has meant that he has decided to decline the latest contract offer and has now left deftones well well to put it in his words the 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 contract wasn't improving to the point where the idea that he he was under the impression that uh, you know after after a certain amount of time he would become an official member of deftones which i have to say i mean as a fan of the band I would kind of say from Koino Yakan onwards, I was kind of always under the impression that he was a permanent member of the band. Anyway, yeah. I think to outsiders, pe- people probably kind of thought that, especially, you know, they said quite a bit around the time that Sergio Vega had quite a lot to do with the um, writing on Koino Yakan. Mm. So, yeah, I suppose from that point of view, it was a bit uh, uh, surprising. I guess really, I mean... <sighs> Neither of us like to do this um, because we both fucking love Deftones. But basically, it came up. This has been the situation for quite a while, essentially, by the sounds of things. And it came up because Deftones um, replaced their picture on Spotify. And the the picture, the artist's sort of profile picture and the picture does not have Sergio in the band. And he was like, well, now that that has happened, 
I feel the need to come out with this video and explain what has happened. And it seems a real shame that um, there was a bit of a communication breakdown there, to say the very, very least. I'm kind of tippy-toeing around this, because obviously no one knows the full situation apart from the members of Death Tones, Sergio, and probably the, you know, trusted people in and around the Deftones network um, but um, it does feel a little bit of a shame how they've done this because Sergio I think was a really well-loved member of the band I think he, you've already sort of said this but he stepped into a really difficult situation and did a fucking brilliant job of it and it is a little bit sad that it's kind of happened like this I think mm. Yeah, I do. I don't really know what else to say about it. I mean, no. I don't want to kind of... I don't Obviously, I don't want to shit on Deftones at all, and I don't want to... And to be honest, if we did, we'd be speculating, and there's no fucking... Yeah, it'd be, it would yeah, it'd be pure speculation. But you do sort of think that there's been some kind of miscommunication here, which is, which seems really, really unfair on Sergio Vega, is what I, I think he is. Who seems like a really fucking nice bloke as well. I mean... He seems like a really nice bloke. Look, look, look. We... But I don't know if I can speak for you. I mean, I've, I've spoken to every member of Deftones. Um, I, I met Sergio at a quicksand show, actually. And, and it was it was for one minute. You know, it was very brief and like, oh, hey, man, nice to meet you. But he was so warm and really lovely. And uh, he asked mm. about my name and he was very nice. Yeah. You've, you've spent yeah, yeah, more yeah. time than that with him, though, haven't you? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I've, I've obviously, I have interviewed or spoken to or been in a room with, I think, all of those guys mm. and they're all really and it, they, none of them strike me as the sort of people who would be like do you know what i mean i mean even that kind of the tension push and pull thing between steph and chino like i'm sure it does exist in in more heated moments between the two of them and maybe they're just different guys or whatever but i just they don't really look like the sort of people I mean, the, the deftones don't aren't a band you seem sort of bloated by ego no, or, or any of those things in any way whatsoever so i don't believe that this is some sort of calculated attempt to have him ousted from the band or to belittle his no, whatever but i do think that for whatever reason there's been some sort of something that's happened which is uh maybe not been communicated through the correct channels and you know that spotify thing happened and uh, who knows who knows like we again like you say we can only be speculating but you know unfortunately you do look at it and you go man he seems like he's been kind of chucked into a real shitty old situation in in terms of, and you would you would like to think that it would have been dealt with better than this that's as harsh as i'm ever gonna be, <laughs> <about> <laughs> I, I, to be honest i don't i i think without wildly speculating you know which tend to try to avoid to do i mean i don't think we've always done it but we try to avoid to do it. i don't think i don't think we can say much more than that really but yeah it's just, it's just a little bit sad what isn't sad is if deftones have gone to the trouble of changing their artist picture on spotify one would imagine by doing a little bit of detective work that uh new deftones material might be incoming but I don't Hope so. I don't know anything. I am basing it literally purely on the fact that they have changed their artist, you know, changed their picture, but 
why do well, that? Well, it might be down to the fact it might be down to the fact that Sergio's left, and they're like, "Well, he's gone now, so we should." I mean, um, maybe that was maybe maybe that got out, and I'm not saying they did. I'm sure that like you know, I'm, I'm sure fucking Abe Cunningham doesn't sit in front of his fucking PC with the login details for their Spotify, <laughs> and, you know, copy and pasting um, pictures or whatever. But I, I don't know. Um, I'm uh, the, the way that I read the story, and we've only I suppose that's the other thing we should say we've only really heard Sergio's view on it. Deftones have uh, kept a what I'm going to call a respectful silence, um, uh, but, but well, they've been quiet on it anyway. Um, but I think the, the way that I interpreted it was: now that this image has come out, I feel like I need to say something, and hence here is this video. And he says himself, you know, I'm not very comfortable doing these things. I mean, Sergio, you did a great job, by the way. Um, if you're listening to this, you did a very good job. But like, uh, yeah. Uh, that's just sad, isn't it? Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not like oh fuck death toes or anything like that anymore. Like that's no. I ever have been. Like that's absurd. anymore. We used oh, to. Oh. I admit it. I hated bored. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it's just sad. It's just sad. But hey, he can dedicate more time to quicksand now, which is great because quicksand, by the way, are fucking great. So you know, he's been in two good bands. Yeah, I don't care who knows it. Yeah. <laughs> yes yeah I care what you think about that uh anyway that is it's, it's a shame it's a yeah. shame and it's you know it's not the best thing to do. but anyway let's end by talking about ramstein so ramstein will be releasing a new album on the 29th of april which as you quite rightly said renfrey is a mere six weeks away mm. the eighth ramstein album is going to be titled zeit which translates as time and they have released a video for the title track for the record there's a lead single the title track and a typically epic ramstein video um but a slightly different one i think mm-hmm. now when i think back to before we go into this i just want to start, i was thinking back to like first singles and first impressions of ramstein albums you think back to the last record right you got this massive bombastic powerful crunching you know riff driven b- I was going to say banger. It is a banger. Like, Deutschland is a banger, but it's much more of a kind of, like, chest thumper than a banger, and it? It's like a proper kind of and big, anthemic, booming heavy metal song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deutschland! And then you've got this crazy video with all this fucking mad shit going on, like a kind of mini movie of itself. Absolutely amazing. And, uh, one of the only times we've ever bothered to talk about just a video for yeah. any length of time whatsoever, because it's like, yeah. well, this deserves being talking about, because it's a work of art yeah mm. and then before that if you go back before i'm not gonna go back through all of them but i would say the one before that in uh liberis for aladar you've got pussy of course which is oh, obviously yeah. you know the video to that is not suitable for work and the song itself is you know hilariously over the top sort of disco nudge nudge yeah, wink yeah, wink yeah, yeah. song like yeah. it's a ludicrous it's song ludicrous. so normally Normally, Ramstein come out with the with something with some big, bombastic, crazy OTT, and you know, and that is what Ramstein are most known for. Zeit, I think, shows a slightly more sensitive side to Ramstein as a band, and it's quite an unusual opening single to get. Mm-hmm from the record I, I right? completely agree um but i am i have to say i am all for it 
Um, I mean, I don't think I'm going to offend too many people when I say that I think there are more exciting things about Rammstein than just their music. I think Rammstein are at their most exciting when you take them as an entire package. And, you know, uh, I mean, Pussy is one of my least favourite Rammstein songs, full stop, I think. Not because I don't think it's any good, but just because it's like, you know, it is what it is kind of thing. Deutschland is actually pretty damn good, but I think this is a, a really good song and a really unexpected i was about to say brave i mean it feels a little ott to call it brave but it's unexpected move i'm sure there are a lot of people who will be like oh this song is so wet blah 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 i mean i don't think it is wet it takes a small amount of time to get going i mean it's a good, good two or three minutes before you get any real heavy crunchy distortion that we're used to with rammstein but i think i think that's great because musically is this a fair thing to say i was about to say musically rammstein rarely surprised me which is not really a fair thing to say in a way because they do throw in surprising Pupper elements all the on the time. last on the last album was quite an odd song Pupper, exactly it? they usually throw in something but but let's say this there is a formula and rammstein often stick stick to it <laughs> rammstein often stick to it <laughs> <laughs> yeah they do it. I, th- I think it's hard i think i think it's incredibly difficult when you're a band like rammstein who like no even though i think this is quite a different song for rammstein it still sounds like no other band in the history of music yeah i agree like rammstein when you talk about and we often do talk about identity in music does anybody have a, has anybody ever had a stronger like sense of their own identity than rammstein it might be the strongest identity like arguably of any band ever do you know what i mean like they are so only rammstein uh, it's a very strong identity i i feel that might be a teeny bit ott but but they they have an extraordinarily then, strong identity name, yeah name a name a compa- name a comparable band who you just go thinking system of a down system of a down as much mm-hmm. yeah but I, yeah i would say system of a down probably do as well but i think actually in yeah i mean i was wondering if we're saying that as english speaking people i'm like i wonder if uh german speaking people feel that way as well i don't know I don't know, but obviously it, it's a little bit more foreign to us, literally, um, because because of the German element. But you know, yeah, blah, blah, blah. well, there, there are clearly like yeah, there's Einstadendi, Neubauten, that band I can never get their fucking name yeah, right, and even shit like KMF, KMFDM, and all that sort of thing. Like there's obviously there's a lot of a lot of uh, German artists, um, and yeah, like even when you think about craft, how how German craft work are. But I think there's something extra with Ramstein oh, where just. I agree. T- the tonality of what they do mm-hmm. the like they lean in on that shit so fucking hard that i think if you were to hear this and say i mean you know obviously if, if you just say oh it's kmfdm or decrypts or something like that you probably would go well it sounds a bit like Romstein because fucking hell <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're yeah. the biggest ones I mean, they're the biggest ones they have a strong identity they have a strong identity. I feel like, yeah, we're getting off topic here a bit. They have a very, very strong identity, like unbelievably strong yes. identity. And so I think the wiggle room to not sound just like Ramstein is pretty fucking difficult. Particularly for the first single from your next record. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And hence, yeah. I think that's why I really liked this. I mean, you know, this the song kind of starts on piano. And, and like I said, it takes a bit of time to get going. But I thought that was a really nice surprise. 
I've only heard it and watched the video once. We literally um, delayed the recording of this podcast so that we could uh, talk about it. So we 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 watched it. You wrote a little piece for Hammer about it, and then we started recording this. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I mean, do you want to talk about the video, which is you know, I, I, again, epic and extraordinary, not in a Deutschland kind of way. I think they've they've done something mm. slower and. Um, arguably more interpretive but there were lots of things i mean it's it's still definitely something that you could watch multiple times and get multiple different uh reactions out of it i'm not sure if it'll inspire the you know the reaction videos and the crazy like online opinion and analysis that the deutschland video did but i'm sure there will be a lot of that anyway well the 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 translation of the chorus is time please stand still stand still time this should always go on so time it's so beautiful so beautiful anyone knows the perfect moment and it does seem like my interpretation initially of it on the first watch which is what all i had to go Mm. on really it was like you know is this some sort of is this ramstein kind of considering their own mortality for maybe the first time in their career you know there's lots of stuff where it's like you know there's there's a there's a lot of death in the video there's a lot of birth birth, (laughs) a lot of birth in the video there's a lot of um yeah and there is and it is a a lot of young old people becoming young people and young people going away completely lots lots of um, uh things running backwards uh yeah a lot of Yeah, a lot of kind of time being rewound mm-hmm. in a uh, a sand timer mm-hmm. flowing upwards, um, and these kind of figures that seem to give and then I mean, there's a bit where these kind of cloaked figures give the members of Ramstein babies, and then the babies are inserted by the band back into the wombs of their so again not very suitable for work but into the wombs of their mothers mm. um, or well we hope it's the wombs of their mothers otherwise it's even for Ramstein standards that's really weird <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> some random random woman <laughs> to shove a baby up some woman is really not on um, if it's, I don't think it's on uh, to do it with the mother really is it I mean well if it's uh, if it's time being played backwards sure, 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 you sure. go you go okay yes. I see it. If, he, if they just go and just put this in here shall we <laughs> this child into your no yeah can't do that can't do that no that's frowned upon that behavior i mean yeah. look call me bloody lefty liberal woke <laughs> snowflake if you like <laughs> but i do not endorse shoving babies into random women's vaginas uh, you, yeah mm, okay mm. yeah sure no, yeah okay um anyway uh yeah so there's that and but it is it's, it, i mean it's just it's beautifully shot and the thing about ramstein is i think they they always stylistically have looked fucking great right and they've always sort of stylistically looked really amazing but deutschland i have to say was probably the first time i looked at one of their videos and i thought this isn't just amazing because the makeup looks amazing and you know even the sauna video right which is a great video i think is kind of stylized as snow white and, and whatnot and really really well filmed and really brilliant but it's only been the last couple of videos where I've looked at it and I've gone, I mean, fuck me, that is like proper sort of Hollywood art, like that that kind of um, almost like Hollywood art house. Like who's the guy who did uh, like Darren Aronofsky style? Like mm. you're, you're, it's that good. Like it's fucking amazing. Oh, it's and Hollywood it, it quality. It just looks, yeah. yeah, it just looks absolutely 
fucking incredible mm. that video it's incredible mm. and quite what it all means i'm not entirely sure yet after one watch but i do think the song is great mm -hmm. i think the song is great because it surprised me and it never and it again you know like it it, it sounded exactly like ramstein whilst sounding like a much like a subtler odder weirder version of ramstein but one that was sort of you never really know where you stand with Ramstein, mm. do you? You never really know when, what's serious and what's this and that. And it felt like it was kind of showing a little bit of, um, it was a sort of softer reeler. They sort of showed a showed a bit of their uh, their actual insecurities a little bit in the, in the song, I thought, which was cool. And it, it's unusual for a for a you know quote unquote heavy metal band. Oh, Ramstein a heavy metal band? I don't know, but <sighs> close enough, I guess, yeah. to be considered one. And yeah, man, it's just really really good. They're brilliant. I mean, like you say. There's more going on with Ramstein than just music. A lot more. Yeah, so much more. I, I, I think this really does sound like a, a backhanded compliment. And I don't mean it to sound like that because I think Ramstein are fantastic. But I do actually think the other elements outside of their music are often the most interesting. It, it, it depends, really. But I, in a way, this is a, a nice surprise because I think this might be an exception. I kind of enjoyed the song as much as I enjoyed the video you know um and uh you know deutschland i think after seeing deutschland live at milton Keynes, i sort of went okay this is actually a brilliant song but it took me a little while to to get into deutschland um mm. you know i've already said what i think about pussy i mean sonne is probably that's one of their best songs isn't it you know but yeah i think um i think this is Really, I mean, I'm I'm very, very, very keen to hear the record. I have to say, I'm very oh, yeah, keen to hear it. I'm I'm really, and I think we both liked the self-titled Ramstein record. But I will say this: like we we gave it a pretty decent review. We spent a lot of time reviewing it uh, in your kitchen in your old place. I recall. But um, I have you been? back to that record post seeing them at most milton Keynes because i haven't yeah yeah oh, I, okay. have you not uh no i, I have actually I, I listen to i don't listen to ramstein loads no. but i have to say i have listened to that record post its release it didn't get in my top 20 or anything no. so you know but i think there's four or five i mean let me get the um the actual track listing well, of that album up right now is the first is the first one isn't it like that is like a fucking high you're talking about highlights right of that record yeah 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 yeah, yeah. purpose brilliant i mean i think radio is really good auslander mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. good as well i think that's really good yeah there's a few on it i mean the second half of it i was less interested in and i kind of maybe it ran out of steam a bit but there's again it's one of those things where you think kind of what are they like eight that was seven albums into their career seven albums in they're fucking massive uh if you get like five of the 11 songs that you think are good on there that you still listen to deutschland radio auslander pupper there's four that i still listen to quite oh, regularly sure sure Look, i mean i mean i'm not i'm not i'm not being like oh it was a rubbish album or anything like that i don't think that at all i i, I think it was actually you know very good i think in you know if i were ranking them it would be sort of mid-tier for my money um but uh i think already like hearing this single from this album i kind of feel even more intrigued about the music than i did for Deutsch deutschland because i think the video was such a distraction for so long because it was so i mean in in a in a list of the best music videos ever made 
if you just say a top 50, if Deutschland isn't in there, your list is invalid, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, mm. what an incredible piece of it's work. It's incredible. Yeah, it's um, amazing. You know, so, yeah, I, I was very distracted by that video for quite a long time because I think it's absolutely amazing. Um, but it was it was nice to hear, uh, you know, often I hear new Rammstein material with a video included as well. And, and often it's the video which I feel like is the real talking point. Um, and it was nice to for it to be both things, I thought yeah yeah it's really good it is good so we're looking forward to zeit by ramstein which is coming out on the 29th of april soon getting a new ramstein album only three years after the last one as well yeah. you normally have to wait quite a long time between ramstein albums i mean fuck me it was bloody 10 years it was between uh, the last two so that is exciting i guess you know the because of covid that's what it was wasn't it they didn't get a chance to go out and tour this massive fucking record that they'd done for as long as they thought they were so didn't sit on their hands they'd just gone and done a new if thing I, Good. if i recall they were talking about following up the self-titles i mean they certainly said it's not going to be another 10 years and they i, I seem to recall mm. reading somewhere that they'd um you know they, they said they were already had ideas for a new record so i'm sure covid um i'm sure covid helped in terms of bringing it out sooner but i might be misremembering that but yeah i, th I think they feel like because it was so long between records they kind of owe it to the fans to to give them a bit more a bit quicker fair and then you know yeah, that's good. All right. Anyway, thanks very much for listening, everyone. Go over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash right podcast. You get a bloody Muse podcast soon. Muse and Portershead coming this week it, weekend on the old uh, Patreon page. That'll be fun. Um, and we'll be back next week. We're going to be reviewing the new Feeder album, I believe, at some point. Yeah. For a special review of Dedicated to Feeder, the UK's answer to Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> that is correct, by the way. That is what they Early are. on, it was. And yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody said, I just saw, I I saw somebody, uh, again, I'm not going to moan about social media too much, but I did see some people going, because Trash Theory on YouTube, who I very much like, made that exact claim uh, about their, you know, specifically about Polythene, their first yes. album. And lots and lots of people went, who thinks this is the stupidest thing I've ever read? And I was like, I mean, literally every single music publication on the planet so said this that. This is back Britain's when... answer to Smashing Pumpkins. You couldn't fucking avoid it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Idiots. It's like being as... Because oh, Oasis sound a bit like the Beatles, don't they? Oh my God, he's a, have you heard this? Who says that? Everyone. It. Anyway, Feeder admitted it in reviews that they fucking yeah. Lots of punk. Anyway, yeah, block yeah, boring. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk about Feeder. We're going to be reviewing their new album. We'll be back next week. See you later, everyone. Have a lovely week. Have a lovely time, and see you soon. That's it.